everybody Houston here. I got a very special guest today. If you if you never if you, if you are a fan of gospel music, you're gonna love this guy, Terrence J. Dooley of, of Ter Terrence J. Dooley Testimony. How you doing? I'm good. By the way, I will make it very clear. It's okay. It's nothing wrong. It's okay for Christians to love wrestling. I know a bunch of I know a bunch of preachers used to be wrestlers. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it, it's entertaining, man. It just, it's definitely uh, something that'll keep your uh, keep your attention if you let it. Oh yeah. Now normally we're not we're not uh, PG, but we'll clean it up just a little bit. Y'all, if you want the uh, y'all want the uh, down y'all want the real thing later tonight nine o'clock. Y'all excuse them. I got my my uncle's dog in the background. Y'all excuse that noise. But anyway, for right now, I'm gonna clean up just a little bit. We'll be we'll be PG thirteen for right now because normally we're not PG. Anyway, let's go back before we go before we take it all the way back. Did you see a Survivor Series Sunday? I mean Saturday. Yes, I did. I, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was, first of all, was this their first Survivor Series in a little while? Uh, the first, oh, well, this Survivor Series last year? Yeah, last year. This is for, for, it's supposed to be, it's every year. This is the first time we did war, the War Games cage. Okay, okay. Yeah, because I just, I thought they had went away from Survivor Series for a while, but <clears throat> I thought the War Games, I mean, every match was good, man. Every match was good. And the War Games piece was, I'm a, uh, back in the day, I used to watch WCW a lot. Oh, you a Nitro guy, are you? You know, I used to uh, flip back and forth, but I, I, I always enjoyed the War Games uh, layout. I thought it was cool to have the two rings and the cage. Um, so I, I was glad to see they brought that in. Yes, uh, man. Love, let's go back. Let's go back to Friday. So Friday, uh, Kevin Owens, like, Told Sam Zayn, this this one there were this one there were in decent condition. Sam Zayn, Kevin Owens, hey look, don't, don't get it twisted. Just you might want to turn on them for they turn on you. Them is the bloodline, cause uh, don't get it twisted, homie. You ain't that's you ain't that, you ain't you might be part of the group. You not you ain't blood. Right. And uh, unbeknownst to Sammy Zayn, Jay Uso happened to be listening at the dope, like nosy children often tend to do. And she's like, hey man, what's all what's, what's the talk about? Oh, that was nothing. And then the night the day of, Roman Reigns talked to Sam Zayn. Can I trust you? I'm gonna be locked in the cage with you. Can I trust you? Sam Zayn said, I got you. And it came down to it. Sam Zayn went all the way in, casting chips all day long. Sam Zayn is indeed Sam Uso. Sammy Uso now I, I definitely um, this is the most interesting Sammy Zane has been since he's been in the I was about to say the Federation but since he's been in the company uh, and um, I think uh, he definitely needs to ride his wave as long as he can oh yeah uh, but I thought all that it was great storytelling and I feel like they haven't really had shout out to Triple H man because they haven't really had storytelling like this in a while, like it brought me back in, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a fan. And so, Sammy Zayn, he's never really been that interesting to me. He's always hung out 
in the mid card. I mean, right now he's hanging out with one of the goats, mm-hmm. like Roman Reigns in this uh, in this uh, a gimmick, I guess. He's one of the goats. Where you put him is up to you, but Sami Zayn is right in that storyline with him, and that makes him a very interesting character right now. Definitely. Now, I'm going to say this. We're going to go back old school in a little bit. I'm going to say this right quick. Uh, Sami Zayn, far. Now, Monday, we found out. Kevin on said, look here. You did what you had. You had to do what you had to do. I get it. I would know the same thing. As far as I'm concerned, it's over. It reminds me of, uh, you ever heard a little, little show called Drake and Josh? Yeah, I've never seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, Drake and Josh, Nickelodeon. When Josh said, hey, man, I'm, Drake said, hey, I'm, Josh, no, Josh said, hey, I'm done with you. Something happened, and, like, I'm done with you, you know. We got to live together, fine, so be it. I'll be cordial when I got to, but I'm done with you. Basically, same thing. Kevin Owens said, hey, you did what you had to do. I understand you got a family to take care of. You, but you did what you had to do. But the cost of that was over. Yeah, oh, man. But I don't blame Jay. I don't blame Sam and Zane, man. You got family to feed at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? You got kids that you got kids that want this, kids that want that. Christmas coming Christmas around the corner. You got you got gifts to pay. You got feed family to feed. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. For friend like Booker T always says all the time, friendships don't equal paychecks in this business. Oh yeah. You know, he's making sure that you always like you know, of course we're gonna talk about uh we're gonna talk about Roman. He's getting Sami Zayn is getting more uh like I bet if you did a Twitter search you would get more on Sami Zayn than you would get on Solo Sakoa. Mm-hmm. Sure you know, will. He's keeping food on his table and I can't blame him for nothing that he's doing right now. I love I, I I'm like he's more interesting now than he's ever been. And I love him. Let's go old school. So back in the day, yep. you bruh, I was watching I watching this the stuff we did in the nineties. Let's say ninety eight, for example. Uh of course in the ninety seven, ninety eight through two thousand eight. We can't do none of that stuff nowadays. No. We might can get by with a uh, inferno match here and there. We can't do broad panties match no more. We can't have the whole train. We can't have the Godfather and the whole train no more. None of that stuff. And I look, I look back in that. It's a miracle we got away with that stuff. Right. It was, yeah. Lord have mercy. I, you know, I don't know how it passed TV back then. Oh, we. Um, to be honest, I think. Sponsors, you can't put a bra, you can't 
you know, these companies can't put their name on a bra and panties match. Mm-hmm. On, on puppies. So. Let me tell you something. That, back in the day, I told the story many times. There was a, uh, we all, we all remember the Asian leader uh, celebration, if you will. So it's the thing. I'm watching it. Of course, I'm, I'm my my uh, 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 imaginative mind. I'm like, there's no way they got kids here. There ain't no way. That's how far they gonna go with this. So they they are in the bed and Edge comes out. Oh, they get in the bed. Edge comes out with Leah's panties in his mouth. I'm like, no, they're not gonna do this. And I, I'm enjoying it. That's I hear. Woo! Dang it! Not now, Rick. Uh yeah, yeah, it was uh what we called ruthless aggression era. Aggression, which was a pretty good era too, honestly. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that stuff just wasn't fly anymore. Oh um, no. I mean, it made for good TV back then, and especially with us little preteen and teenage and and young men, you know, boys and stuff like that. So you mm. know, it, it made for good TV back then. And it's always been said that wrestling is a soap opera for men. And, yeah. Um, Now, you know, that's kind of probably kind of politically incorrect to say now, but, you know, there's women that love it too, but that's kind of what it always has been. I mean, if you go back and look at a soap opera on TV, they're doing crazier stuff than they're doing on wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, just, Trent was just pushing the envelope back then. He wasn't playing no game. Let me ask you this. Back, back in the 90s, right? Or in the 80s, it's all love. It's all, it was a family, or, well, just like it was in the late, like towards 2008 when we went PG. Uh, in the eighties it was all love. We had kids loved it, grandpa loved it, grandma loved it, dad loved it, mom loved it. And we get to the nineties, may forget them kids. Why the why the why 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 the hater raid all of a sudden? Cause now the same people that used to love us, they used to not us. I say us, I mean like the wrestling business in general, they used to love it's all, it's all love in the eighties. You got a problem now that kids can't be a part of it. What's up with that? I don't know, but I think, um, you know, they just really wanted to change the demographics. Uh-huh. And, and honestly, when you have a really, when WCW was breathing down their necks, um, and so they had to do something to pull the demographics uh, to their, you know, to their shows. You know, the show was coming on at 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, they're in bed. You know? So it's like, okay, we want to pull in those teens and those young men. And they was pulling it. You know, you can't pull in them teens and young men with Joint the Clown and Show Kane. You know, you know, the 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 repo man and you know, all that. It's uninteresting. So we turned to WCW where they got the NWO coming out and, you know, you know, beating people up in Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, you know, so they had to do something at that time to get that demographic back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, sex sales, and they knew what they knew what was going to work back at that time. And, I mean, it, it, it worked then. It won't work now because our work way too politically correct in our country, but um, it worked back then. WCW, what was your favorite moment past, like, I'm talking about, like, before Ted Turner, after Ted Turner, 
What's your favorite WCW moment? Man, Hulk Hogan turning heel. I go back to the Wyatt family Now, those of you know what we're talking about, let, let me explain. Bass at the Beach, 1996, 7? Uh, yeah. So, Bass at the Beach is Randy Savage, uh, Sting, and Lex Luger against Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. We got a third guy coming. Who's the third guy? We're not going to tell you. So, they wait till Bass at the Beach, the day of. Still not going to tell you the third guy is. In the match, as Luke is taken out. Okay, now it's Sting and Randy Savage. It's up to y'all. All of a sudden, Hulk Hogan walk out. Oh, we're safe. It's all good. Hogan said, push the referee aside. Let drops Randy Savage. He's the third guy all this time. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot of balls to take Hulk Hogan and make him a bad guy. Hey, you don't want to do it, man. It, took, it was supposed to be Sting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nobody knew who the third person was because they just kept going back and forth with Hogan, Sting. Uh, I've heard that it was supposed to be Luger. I mean, they didn't know who was going to be that third one. And to be honest, it only would have worked with Hogan, and it would have worked with—I think it would have worked with Sting too, um, just because of that whole crow. Uh, it would have worked, um, but Hogan would—Hogan wouldn't have had the impact he did because, you know. He got a good pop when he came out, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason the reason why he came out like he did, he was stuck in traffic that night. Yeah. Yeah, and he, that was the best pop he had got. And I remember, like, they weren't using Hulk Hogan right at all. Like, I remember him doing some stuff with the Dungeon of Doom. I remember him doing some, like, he did a monster truck match with, like, the Giant. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember him doing some stuff with Dungeon of Doom and... Um, they, they didn't really have an opponent. They didn't use Macho Man right in WCW either. Because uh-huh. he should have always been, you know, either tagging with Hogan or he should have been, like, always trying to go back and forth with the belt. So he got stale. I remember seeing him on WCW Pro or Worldwide Wrestling on a Saturday morning. And I'm like, why is he on this? Uh-huh. He's the biggest wrestling star in the world. So, um, having him turn was a great idea, and his promo, like, I will just, I will never forget, you know, it's like, if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff would still be selling meat in the back of a truck from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, he's right, like, the, the business would have died if it was not for Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. it would not have been where it is, because he just had that much charisma, you know, Andre the Giant couldn't hold it, you know. Um, I mean, Hulk Hogan, he's one of the first ones I remember getting endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. You know, he was larger than life, man. And so, I mean, that's my favorite WCW moment. Um, the other one I'll say is, and it was, if you just go back and remember the pop, two, two, two things. When Goldberg won the um, United States title from Raven, yeah, um, that was a huge pop. They were using Goldberg right at that time. Like, man, just have to go out and destroy people. Mm-hmm. It, it was popular. And then when he won the title from uh, Hogan. And that that wasn't even the night. That, that wasn't the paper. That, that was just a nitro. It was a nitro, which was a huge mistake. Ooh. Huge mistake.
mistake, and I think that was one of the biggest mistakes WCW made. That should have definitely been had some build up. I'm surprised Hogan agreed to it because mm-hmm. he would have control over, and he understood that business. Like, man, we can make so much more money if we do this at a pay per view, you know. But they were so concerned about beating Raw, mm-hmm. they made a big mistake at that time. That should have been a pay per view match. One, one, one of the biggest mistakes. One of the biggest mistakes Nitro did. It was it was, it was a setup for their biggest failure, the finger poke of doom. Yeah, that, was that was stupid. That was ridiculous. I, I think um, there were so many. You know that NWO. Um, I guess I can rewind. Mm-hmm. It got way too big. And in my opinion, it never should have gone bigger than I'll give you Hogan, Hall and Nash. I'm gonna give you the Giant and Macho. I'll give you that. It never should have went outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but them going and just you know Conan and um, you know Scott Norton, Buff Bagwell, all that like it just got too big, and they had no idea what else to do with it. You know, splitting up and you know all that. It just, it just, they didn't know what to do. The finger poker doing was just ridiculous, and I think it, it really made people lose respect for WCW because they were just really not respecting the business. And then they got worse years later in the uh, what was that? Bash of the Beach 2000, where uh, Jeff Jarrett slapped Mitts when he laid down for Hulk Hogan. Y'all, we're recording this. My thing just dropped. It's all good. Anyway, we do apologize for that. But yeah, uh, that was just that was just messed up. I never, one of my favorite nitros. It's interesting. It was uh, the night. Uh, no, it was the night that uh, Goldberg got stuck with some with the with the with the with the, with the uh, shock thing. Uh, Miss Elizabeth. Had the storyline with Miss Elizabeth, where he accused uh, Goldberg or something, and I like, was stalking or something, something like that. Like, I can't that. well, it was like it was towards ninety eight. Okay, I want to say the beginning, beginning of the end of ninety eight. So she accused him of stalking him, and everything. I'm like, lady, there's two only two ball headed wrestlers on the planet, Austin and Goldberg. Like he's bald headed, he's big, he's bald headed. I'm like, lady, there's only two, well, two bald headed wrestlers I know of at the time. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember that. But I'm gonna go back in and uh, you said it was Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, Miss Elizabeth uh, accuses the storyline. Miss Elizabeth accuses Goldberg of stalking or something like that. Okay, I'm gonna go back and look that up. I have a show. Um, I might have been off of WCW by the end because they were just doing, they were just defined, and WWF at that time was, um, they were on the ride. Like Stone Cold was white hot. Oh, yeah. So I might have switched over by the end, but yeah. Everybody that Austin was like the perfect storyline, 
Especially Austin and Vince. Everybody has that one boss they cannot stand. Mm-hmm. And if you, if it was legally possible to beat the holy high hell out of your boss and still have a job. Dang it. You can, you can relate to that story. You can relate to having a boss you can't stand and you just want to beat the hell out of and still come to work next week. Yeah, I mean, it, they they had such great synergy, man. Like, they knew how to feed off of one another. That uh, that hospital scene to this day is uh, a yeah. scene. Um, you know, the bad panic, man. I remember that. It started off with uh, with mankind, yeah, and then you know with, with Doctor Austin. Yeah, well, I'm taking my nurse. What's good TV, man? I, I I just um I miss those days, but at the same time, um, what Roman Reigns and the Bloodline are doing right now is good TV. Oh man. yeah. Every night, then my knee little pick me up. My my knee to feel a little oozy. I, I I go back to the beginning of the bloodline. Yeah, well, now, what, now what do you go back to? Like when it all when it all started back in two thousand twenty. Uh, first it was Roman, then Jay, then Jimmy, and then Paul Heyman was in Roman's corner. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about uh, Roman's new theme music? I love it. It's a different era, different image. This Roman Reigns, I, I love that he finally, after years of being Brock Lesnar's, you know what? After years, he finally ended the end of the chapter. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and I, and I, even with his music now, like it puts him like I. Whenever he comes, it's like. Um, this is a special moment because he don't wrestle every show uh-huh. and that's that's a little different and I think um, it's different like everybody always looks and says man you know Stone Cold he was going to be at Raw every week yeah but look how long he was on top he wasn't on top very long yeah he was only really look at um, by the time Ruthless Aggression came Austin was gone mm. he went home you know, but that takes a lot on your body, and so I'm totally fine with Roman. You know, hey, he'll be here next Friday night. Yeah. We ain't seen him in two weeks. He'll be back next Friday night. You know, he's not fighting at this pay per view. He'll be at the next one. You know, so he, I think it's going to help elongate his career uh, with him just not being around as much. But I mean, when that music hit, you know, you know, every eye is glued to the TV. Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna bring up uh, Austin going home reference in in a second. I I look I look back at the uh, family tree of of, of of the Samoan family tree. Let me tell you something. People don't understand the Samoan family roots in professional wrestling, especially WWE, is go really really deep. Yeah, it does. Um, and have you gotten into the show um, Young Rock? Oh, I love it every single Friday. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, it you really, really, really get to see uh, how deep those Samoan uh, uh, roots go, and I think that's just really cool uh, and 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 interesting, like how that uh, culture of people 
are so into wrestling and they all like look alike. Mm-hmm. Yoko to the Wild Samoans to High Chief Peter Maivia and uh, to the Rock. Uh, uh, I was about to say um, uh, Rikishi and all them. Like, oh yeah. Now here's the thing. Like it all goes back to High Chief Peter Maivia. Family Tree is basically the the, the Anawais and the Fatus. The Johnsons marry into it, but it's Hawaii's fight twos. And Samoa across the island, on the other side of the island, is the Snookers. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just... And, uh, man. Like, how did they get into wrestling? Like, that's what I really would love to know. Like, how did It's that- a family affair, man. I'll tell you something. It all goes back to the high chief, Peter Maivia. Peter, Rocky Johnson's daddy, met, his, met Rock's mama, Ada. At uh at Peter's company, he was a ta- tagging partner and employee and pa- partner and everything, and he fell in love with uh Adam. Now Rock Hachi said, "Hell no, you ain't gonna be dating my daughter." And every promoter has every promoter has that has that rule. My daughter don't date no wrestlers. She's a grown woman, but I don't care, care for her dating wrestlers. You gonna have to pick. You gonna have to pick a side, either either your job or your girl. And he, he, Rocky chose his girl. And of course, they brought in Dwayne Johnson, and uh, he would take off years later. Alpha is the brother of no, Alpha, the Rock's uncle, is the brother of Ada. Um, oh, it's a, it's a, I, I can't even get it. It's a, it's a long, long tree. Yeah, I tried to go get the roots. It's, it's too much. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, man. They, you know, that family, man, they, they definitely did it. I don't know what they did, but, man, they definitely did it. And let all due respect to any Samoan wrestler, all due respect, please, please do not come to WWE. We're, we're full right now. As far as Samoan wrestlers go, we're full. We're, we're packed capacity. We're good. Yep, yep, definitely, definitely full. No more bloodline members right now. <laughs> Like we got, I, 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 I saw Solo coming. I saw that from day one. I saw him coming because he, he's, he's the third child of Rikishi. Uh, Rikishi has two, has another child that's also Samoan. Yes, of course. That's also related to Jimmy J Solo, cousin of Roman, cousin of Dwayne. Uh, he, please, for the love of God, do not come to WWE. Yeah, give us a break. Give us uh-huh. a break. But I always say this, I always say this, and I mean what I say it here. What if all they had to stand on many years ago, all they had to stand what if all they had to stand on was being related to Dwayne Johnson? Could they make it on their own? Now you talking about the bloodline? Uh, I'm talking about Roman. I'm talking about Jay. I'm talking about Jimmy. I'm talking about Natalia. I'm talking about uh uh, Jimmy Snooker's daughter, like not 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 Italian. I'm sorry, my bad. Tamina, uh, all 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 those folk, and they all they had to stand on was I'm related to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and you take that away, could they last on their own? I'm gonna say yes, because um, I just remember when the Usos first first uh, came out. You know, they were face, uh, they're big face. And um, 
I told my brother-in-law, I was like, they're going to be big, watch. Yeah. When they first started, you know, fighting for the titles and winning the title tag team championships, yeah. I was like, I told you. And now they're arguably bigger than they were before. Even though, uh, who was it, Jimmy? He almost messed it up and, and dropped the bag, thumb of the bag, by getting into them uh, drunk driving accidents or whatever he's doing, drinking and driving. Well, Jay, but yeah. was a Carter by himself back many months ago. And he was a Carter for long because Jay, J- Jimmy and Jay, uh, well, Jimmy has, has a brush against the law, but Jay's more acquainted with, with problems against the law. They they couldn't leave the country. So that's wow. why that's why Roman was by himself. <laughs> and I and it was like it, it, it was like uh, if I remember correct, I, I don't remember what was boring. I was I didn't exist yet. But it was like uh, Ali and uh, what was it? Rumble in the Jungle match. The, at- the atmosphere was like that. A whole country backing up Drew McIntyre against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns going by himself, by himself. Dak stepped against them. In the end, Roman Reigns pulled through. In the end, and then okay. and then they went to Smashville. It's called Nashville. It went to Smashville for the last chapter of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Was that where uh, their last match was? Yes, sir. Smashville, Tennessee. Okay. At SummerSlam. It's, I, I, I'm saying Smashville for a reason. But it's Nashville. I'm saying Smashville, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, last man standing match. In their, in their chapter, they've never had last man standing match. But they had Hell in a Cell. They've had regular match. They've had all kind of match. They never had a last man standing. It's real simple, ladies and gentlemen. To win the he- win the last man standing match, all you got to do is beat the hell out your opponent. You can't stand for a ten count and you win. But against Brock Lesnar, that's that's not easier said than done. No, not at all. I mean, he's 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 somebody that is real deal Holyfield rough mm. tough. You know, I mean, was a UFC champion, uh, was a college, uh, he was a college champion in wrestling. So he's a high school champion in wrestling. So, I mean, he's real deal tough. And um, I thought the way that match ended was a little melodramatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, you know, okay, we're all just going to throw desks and tables and chairs and stuff on top of. No, necessary. That's what you got to do. You go to war against Brock Lesnar, you do what you got to do. Yeah, 
Because Brock is not going to sit there. He's going to get up, and if he gets up, you're screwed. And I really was wondering what they were doing with that ring. I really wonder what they had planned to do. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and he just lifted it up a little bit, and that was it. I was like, what, what? Okay, so what are you going to actually do with it? Uh, but yeah, it was good. That was a great match, too. I just hated how, exactly how it ended, but it was, it was still a good match. Oh, man. I I I enjoyed that man. I I enjoy how uh, on commentary Michael Cole is able to express himself more. Yeah, Vince is always in his ear all the time. When you, you're a commentary, you have five jobs in one, multiple jobs in one. You're calling the match. You're promoting stuff. You're reading you're reading you're, you're reading your notes on commentary. Your commentary notes. You're promoting stuff. You're mentioning stuff. Say this. Say that. Don't say this. Don't say that. Mention this. Don't say that. Uh, you're listening to five different people, especially the top dog, all in your ear at one time. You're trying to promote. You're calling the match. You're trying to talk to the people. Talk to your broadcast colleague. All that stuff in one. Yep. That's tough. And do that every week, week in, week out. That's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. And I, that's the job. I mean, people think they're just getting up there talking about a match, and um, there's so much more to it than just that. So, mm. shout out to Michael Cole, man. He's definitely, definitely one of the best. And the longest time anybody's ever do that was WrestleMania 35. That thing was good, but dang, it was long. I remember I put that thing on, like the replay of it. I put it on like seven o'clock. I wake up, it is 3 in the morning, it's still going. Wow. And like, WrestleMania 35, not... Well, I have... When you watch WrestleManias or any pay-per-view, and they have a series of it, it just goes from the next one to the next one to the next one. But this yeah. one was... We, 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 we were doing it live. It started at 5, like 6 o'clock, the pre-show at 5. So 6 o'clock, it clocked off the air 11.03. I watch. I remember I had a WrestleMania party. I watched it with my mom, who cared less about wrestling nowadays. She watched it with me, faked it to make it long as she could. And uh, I'm, 11 o'clock, she was out. 10, 15, 10 o'clock, she was she dozing off. 9, something hanging in there. 11 o'clock, she was out. 11.03, okay, y'all, see y'all next year. And, of course, WrestleMania 36 was the first two-night WrestleManias. Yeah, well, I, um, if, you don't, if you don't watch wrestling all year long, but you're a wrestling fan, you have to at least watch WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a must. You have to watch WrestleMania. It's just, you know, like, you know, um, like even if you, you belong to a church, you got to go to Holy Convocation. Mm-hmm. You gotta go, you know. You gotta go. You gotta watch WrestleMania because there's just always something that's gonna be interesting and fun to see. Um, I do kind of miss the. I do kind of miss how back in the day WrestleMania was like a reset. Like, okay, this is the big payoff. You yeah. know, this is what we've been waiting for. Like right now, let's see. It's it's well, the Rumble ain't came yet, but you know. Using around January, you start seeing what little storylines are gonna are gonna be, you know, getting getting down to the bottom of it. WrestleMania, and um, you know, we just haven't really seen 
a whole lot. There's a few there's a few little things going on right now. Um, Austin Theory has some interesting things going on. Um, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, that whole thing. Um, uh, Sheamus and his crew, they got some interesting things going on right now. The women's division, uh, I'm really not sure who who is. We probably gonna see Bianca and Bailey at uh, WrestleMania, and I'm cool with that. I can watch them two wrestle all day long. They got all right. Yeah, I remember. Uh... I I I remember uh, I was going. To, oh yeah, okay. So I'm about to remember. That happened not too long ago. I'm about to say I remember. Uh, Oscar and uh, and uh, Eo, they 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 went at it, and like in the whole Japanese promo, it was awesome. I, I I liked it, and the word baka was thrown around a lot. The word baka in Japanese means stupid, and so. EO kept calling, no, Oscar called EO Baka, Baka, Baka. In Japanese, that means stupid. And uh-huh. EO just had enough and just called her a female dog, if you will. Okay. I, I, I could watch those two wrestle for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I love the resurgence of women's wrestling and, um, you know, even as you alluded to earlier, they're more they're they're more talented than the bra and panties matches. Uh-huh. Um, back at that time, like a lot of those women were not great wrestlers. Sable couldn't wrestle her way out of a plastic bag, you know. But and I even look back at those videos, like man, she wasn't really even that fine. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I I call you on that one now. Sable. Sable was high. What you talking about? I mean, for that time, for that time, you know she was, but you know. Now, nah, two thousand four, Sable. Lord have mercy. You said two. You said two thousand and four. Yeah, she came back in 04. Okay, I was a well, three, but yeah. I I I, I prefer Bianca Belair over her any day. <laughs> that's, that's just me. But gotcha. um, but you know it's. it's you know they were more talented. You know they they were more talented than what uh, they were allowed to do. Uh-huh. They were getting very short matches. Now you know we're looking. You look up, yeah, Sasha and Bianca headlining WrestleMania. That's like unheard of. Uh, yeah, and it was a great match. Mm. You know, so I mean, I love how women are uh, being more assertive on the show and having more storylines for themselves other than. You know, they don't have to always involve the men like they used to, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's 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 a great thing to see. I'm, I'm going to take you back earlier. Uh, you, you mentioned Steve Austin taking his ball and going home. The, the, yeah. the back the background story of that, it was King of the Ring Tournament, uh, 2002. It was Austin was in the, in the qualifying match against young Brock Lesnar. Nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that. Problem is a qualifying match. You gonna put Steve Austin in the qualifying? N- not, n- I'm not very familiar with tournaments, but n- you're not gonna put him in the uh, in the uh, second round, or you gonna put him in the in the uh, semifinals? No, no, no. In the starter matches, right? Austin, right. Said, oh, that's what we're doing. Really, that's what we're doing. But he said that. He's not saying, okay, let's do it. What he's saying is, oh, really? 
That, that's how we doing it. He took his ball, said, screw y'all, and went home. Yeah, you know, I think he regretted it, but at the same time, you know, he stood by his guns. Because, you know, if you look at it from a tournament standpoint, your number one seed or your number two seed should be going up against your your least opponents mm -hmm. early rounds. You know, and then as the rounds, you know, you get to that third round, yeah, now you'll start to see some marquee matchups. Um, so, yeah, it may not have made sense. Now, was it him? Was it supposed to be him and Brock Lesnar? It was supposed to be Brock Lesnar, Austin, qualifying match, kick for king of the ring. Yeah, like that was a bad, but that was a bad idea. Yeah. That should have been the fight. That should have been at the pay-per-view. Uh-huh. And then this is King of the Ring where uh, instead, of, instead of the crown and scepter, you get a championship match. Yeah, and I would have been, you know, Brock was next. That would have been good for Stone Cold to put him over. Um, you know, but, that I mean, Brock didn't need any help being put over, though. He, 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 he did his thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I I definitely feel stone cold on that. Like you got to make sure you're giving the people something to look forward to. Because if you're giving us stone cold and and uh, Brock in a qualifying match, who's left? Uh, the Rock was away doing movies at that time, wasn't he? Uh -huh. So I mean, who who's really left to to put Brock over? Who better to put him over than Stone Cold? And every now and then we have controversial moments, especially back then. My, well, I liked it, and it was kind of hard to explain, hard to defend. Uh, it was 2006, uh, Backlash. And they had the storyline of Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Shawn Michaels, and his opponent, and his tag team partner, the almighty, yes, God himself. I'm trying to explain to my pastor, um, this is Catholic, if that helps. It makes it worse. <laughs> I'm trying to explain to my pastor, um, this is this is Catholic. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. It, like, that was really hard to defend. <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, which fact? Like the the lead the build up with him in the church, Vince 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 Shane go through this church and everything, and they're like they're like, they're mock or not mocking God, but they're like uh calling God out and everything. Yeah, and it was really just a glorified handicap match at Backlash. They call, they have God come out, which is a spotlight. Uh, I'm like I'm trying defending that is hard. It's really hard. Yes, it is. You know, they pushed the envelope a lot of times. Oh, yeah. It was really uh, hard to defend watching it, but, you know, even a lot of things the Undertaker was doing, um, you know, it was really demonic. It's like, you know, how can we, you know, but it, it just was entertaining, man. I mean, you had to really look at it that way. Oh, man. I know a lot of uh, preachers used to be wrestlers. For example, Slick. Remember Slick? He's a preacher now. Uh, the uh, the million dollar man, Teddy Beyonce, he's a pastor. Shawn Michaels, he was a pastor of John Hagee's church. Yeah, and I actually was looking up Reverend Slick recently. He's got a lot of, like, seminary degrees and stuff. Like, he is, uh, he's actually, like, well-respected. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, indeed, man. There, I saw, I saw this uh, article many, many weeks ago. Uh, it had written by a former, uh, well, not a, I don't know who wrote it, but it just they called WWE, they called WWE evil, and talk about all, all the downfalls it had. But never mind the good stuff. Never mind how. They give to uh, they give t- free tickets to military veterans. Never mind that that they do that that they work with Connors curing uh and uh breast cancer awareness and all this stuff. They all they focus on the on our downside, you know. And I give you that wrestling does have plenty of downside, but also has a good side too. You know, there's a lot. They give a lot to the community. Uh-huh. They make a, you know, uh, I think it's make a wish. Or yeah. It is. Like, Jacqueline has done more than, like, anybody. You know, and I mean, so they, there's a lot of great things that they do in the community. And, you know, it's a great company. And I'm, I'm actually really excited about what Triple H has done, even with the little bit of time he's had it. And excited to see for what they're going to do from here. Yes, definitely. By the way, those of you hiding a rock for a while, basically, Vince Man is retired. He still has a major share of the company. He just retired from it. Uh, Stephanie runs the corp, runs the in was the company side, the 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 product. Uh, Nick Khan is runs the corporate side of WWE. Yeah, and that's uh, you know. Now, you know, I really wonder if Shane is going to get back in the business. I think he's been in the whole time. He's been behind the scenes. You think so? I think so. I always, yeah. I always wondered, like, for many years, we always wondered who, if something were to happen to Vince, who gets the keys to the kingdom, if you will. Yeah, right. I'm thinking, like, half of it goes to Tribulation Stephanie, the other half goes to Shane. It'll be, it'll be split in half. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but yeah, it hasn't, he hasn't been back yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Triple H is doing a great job. I think I would say Stephanie as well. And Stephanie knows that business just as good as anybody. Well, of course she grew up in it. Yes, yeah, I mean, she is WWE. Hmm. Uh, I mean, Vince, really, for what Vince McMahon did, when he received that company, you know, to, to where it is now, his vision, he's definitely one of the biggest visionaries ever in the world. Oh man. But you let's go let's go all the way back. Nineteen eighty five, the first WrestleMania. Whoever thought that would that, that, that would work out. This this man literally bet the farm on that, okay? He mortgaged his house. This is before billionaire events. He mortgaged his house. If this don't work out, he got nowhere to live. If this don't work out, everybody's screwed. This don't work. Forget WrestleMania 2 through 38. If WrestleMania 1 don't work. Now, has he ever had a... I mean, as far as attendance goes, he definitely has not. But um, has he ever had a flop? Oh, man. There's a little thing called the XFL that did not work out. I'm in WrestleMania. Uh, my... I can... Uh... My least favorite WrestleMania, if there ever was one, I say twenty seven. Twenty seven. What was the main event? 
Main event was uh, Zena and Miss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to me, like, the Miz is like an upper mid card. He's a great heel. I think he's one of the best heels of all time, but he's just, he's like an upper mid card guy. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't believable to me as a, as a, as a main eventer. Oh, man. This dude, I, I respect him as for the work he did. I still don't like him personally, but dang it, it's it, that kid, this dude come a long, 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 long way from the real world to a former champion, former Grand Slam champion. On top of that, yeah, yeah, I definitely respect him. Definitely do. Um, and was that the year? The Rock came back and was like the host. Uh huh. It was 2010. No, 11. I don't know. 2011 ish? Yeah. Okay. I remember because, like, they had something happened in the crowd. They battled in the crowd, got knocked out. The Rock came down. We're not going to have this qualification. We're going to finish this thing. I ain't going to let this in on this qualification like that. And The Rock, Rock bottled John Cena, Rock, Rock bottled The Miz. The next night, we planned for WrestleMania 28, and that was the first time a match was booked years a year in advance. Right. You got a whole year to make this epic. And this, this is a problem I have. They tagged it once in a lifetime. It happened twice. Yeah, right. How does something once in a lifetime happen twice? They, they performed though. They put on some good matches though, mm -hmm. I will say. It got personal one time. It's like I the background that was Rob's giving this concert. He mentioned uh John Zena kissing this girl from the from Raw prior. And uh he said Zena's having the time of his life. Betty didn't tell he got a wife. Well the background of that story, John Zena had an affair with an adult entertainer. A very famous adult entertainer. And uh, uh, that was prior leading up to WrestleMania. And the, the company's told in the gag order to her, the, the entertainer, his John Zena's wife. Y'all don't say squat. You better not say a word. As far as we're concerned, this didn't happen. You didn't see nothing. That... But John Zena needed that victory at WrestleMania 20, 28, and he lost. Yeah, I remember uh, The Rock definitely beat him up. Debuted a uh, new belt not long after that, right? Oh, yeah. Which they changed it again not long after that. Mm -hmm. So, well, what's your favorite belt? My favorite, I would say the one, I would say now... The spinner belt was like, yeah, I didn't have too much passion for it. I love the uh, belt they used in 03, the Ruthless Aggression Era belt. The Undisputed belt, I love that one. Undisputed. What's yours? championship belt the rock always had uh, the attitude there him and stone cold uh -huh. and then um, 
And then the big goat. Uh, yeah. The, by, by the way, fun. Chris Jericho tells the story better. When he won the Undisputed Championship in Avengers 2000, 2001, but he came on last, the main events on last. By that time, everybody backstage is going home. So, main event time. Jericho wins the match. And they, they didn't know till the day of he's, he's going to win the match. So, you can't call friends and family and say, hey, make sure you watch it because he didn't know. You know? So, he wins the match. Goes to the hotel. It's like late at night. Almost 12, almost 12 o'clock in the morning. Because he got to go backstage, get packed, go, go to the hotel, get some kind of sleep. Goes to, goes to the desk, this nerdy desk attendant. Hey, man, I, I need something to eat. Every, the hotel's kitchen closed. But where, where can I get something to eat? Domino's. Domino's pizza. I can't remember which one. He go, goes upstairs, orders the pizza on, on the phone at the time. And the, piece, the pizza's here. Goes downstairs to get the pizza. Forgot his all, all of his important stuff you need to get, to get in the room. And he said, hey, man, I can't get in my room. I need proof of who you are. Hello, I'm the only guy in the only guy in, this, in the world with two championship belts. What you mean you need proof? I'm Chris freaking Jericho. I got two belts. What you mean? I need proof that who you are. You say you are. Goes in. Guy used the master key. Let's go in the room. He gets ready to eat some, a pizza that's cold by now. And he getting ready to eat the pizza. The pizza drops toppings first. So now he's eating dust, dust covered pizza. And you're the undisputed champion of the world. Wow. Jericho tells the story way better than I could, but that's my favorite story. Wow. That, I definitely was shocked that he won that. Because uh, he had beat Stone Cold and The Rock the same night, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Every chance Chris Jericho gets, every single chance. I, I don't blame the man. I would do it too. You you beat two guys in one night to be the undisputed champion. I if I had the opportunity, every chance I get, I would tell somebody. I tell it on the mountain, if you will. That was huge, and I was big of those two guys to do that for him. Uh huh. Because in WCW, he was a mid Carter. Nothing. They didn't even have a clue. What else? And he was in the cruiserweight division. Mm. You know, so for him to go over, you know, into the biggest company in the world and be a quote-unquote heavyweight champion, I mean, they really had to see something in it. First of all, he's he's one of the greatest in-ring workers. Um, and then aside from that, he's one of the greatest on the mic. And he also had one of the greatest debuts in wrestling history. Yes, in WWF. So, I mean... You know, Jericho definitely doesn't get enough credit, but he's he's definitely one of the ghosts. And then to be relevant all these years, to be like mainly WWE and AEW, all two companies he's been in. No, I'm sorry. He started out in in Japan. The little song in Mexico, Japan, Mexico, ECW, WCW, WWE, AEW. Yeah. Nice. He was really, he was in WCW. He was still, as far as that first and second hour, he was holding it. Mm. 
he was holding it down in that first and second hour because um, he could wrestle. He was good on the mic. He always had something funny to do or say. The funny thing is when he was reading off the list of moves that he knows so he could he was a man of a thousand and one holds. A thousand and four holds. Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah, that that was hilarious. <laughs> this dude literally read all the... We got like a thousand and three to go. Go commercial, he's still reading it. Like, come on, man. He kept saying arm bar over and over. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, he called out Goldberg knowing dang well Goldberg wasn't in the building. Right. You know dang well Goldberg and he called out Goldberg. Yep. He never got that Goldberg match, did he? I'm not sure. I don't think he did. Because did, did they ever clash in the WWE? Uh, for, I leave for a minute. Like 2003 uh, uh, wasn't now I'm getting. I want to say Bad Blood 2003. Okay. Yeah. It was uh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Kevin Nash. I'm sorry. I don't think they did. Oh, they had a, they had a segment. Goldberg got ran over by Jericho's car. They had a regular match on Raw, I think. Okay, yeah, I'm about to go back and, and look at that. So. Yeah. I know it was 2003. Yeah, I know it was in 2003. I don't remember they had a pay-per-view match or regular match. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank uh, my dear fr my friend here, T Terrence J. Dooley. Of, he has a wonderful group called Testimony. It's available everywhere. You go to linktree.com or link.tr link. Uh, I I gotta find the link here. Hang on one second. I had it written down somewhere, but you go to his link tree. And link tree is spelled, I believe. See here. I pulled this up right here. One second. I gotta promote somebody to do it right, man. See here. Yeah, l i n k t r dot e e, and you can find him at link tree. Uh. Terrence J. Dooley, right? Yeah. Linktree.com slash Terrence J. Terrence J. Dooley and find all his platforms, all of his music, all that good stuff. You, there's some you can listen to it for free, some you got, you got to pay for. He's awesome. He's a gospel artist. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Check him out. Terrence J. Dooley and Testimony. Thank you so much, man. I always enjoy uh, sitting around talking about some good old rats. Yes, sir, man. It's great to have you. Thank y'all for joining us, everybody. We'll see you later at 9 o'clock with David Burton. Have a great night. We'll see you in a little while. All right, peace. Thank you, brother.